appreciate that. It's a beautiful song. It's not one of those songs that get your foot tapping, but it's a song that'll touch your heart. Amen. Thank the Lord for that. <clears throat> this morning, time of message is servant, servant, and um, uh, I think we'll see what I'm all talking about here. Let's ask God to help us again, Father. <clears throat> thank you again for the opportunity to be here this morning and for these dear people that have come out. I pray you bless and speak to us now. We've we've looked at a portion of scripture, just a small piece. But in this verse is something vital for all of us. Lord, save the one that may be here without you. Never be a servant unless you're saved. And so, Father, bless and help us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's some people in the Bible that are what I would say maybe a part of an elite group. Somebody real important and uh, something some some some. Men, the Bible, I believe, talks about that, that uh, had something that uh, all of us ought to want said about us. And uh, you say, well, you know, I'm not going to be proud. I'm not talking about being proud. I'm saying this, that I want God to see me the way he wants me to be seen. Make sense? I, I don't want him to see me as what I put on. I want him to see me what is really there, and I want what really there to be something that he'd be pleased with. You know, I can please people. I don't do it very often, but I can. I can please people. But I've got to be more concerned about pleasing God. All of us. All of us. And I begin to think, you know, one of, the, one of this, this elite group that I'm talking about is those that God called my servant. My servant. You know, a lot of people today want to be served, and, and I understand that. And, and it's nice you know, I know in my in my house, my wife, she does things for me and, you know, fixes meals for me. And and uh, uh, she'll tell me this. She says, you just go sit down. And I think what it is, I get in the way sometimes or I start eating before I'm supposed to. But she'll go, you just sit down. So I'll take care of everything. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's nice. I'll sit in my chair and I'll wait. And I see if she's busy in there and gets everything put on the table. And she, you know what she's doing? She's serving me. I know some of you maybe just say, well, I don't think a woman ought to serve a man. Well, you just shut up and listen. Servant, serving is a wonderful thing. I said serving is a wonderful thing. You can't say amen to that. Either the cat's got your tongue or you're not a servant probably. It's a wonderful thing to be a servant. I think about someone that I say it's an elite group. I thought about, of course, we mentioned Abraham. I think about Moses. Bible says in Numbers chapter 12, verse 7, My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. In Joshua chapter number 1, and verse number 2, it says, My servant, or Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. There's another person, another man that's mentioned here, and his name is Caleb. Not, of course, our Caleb, but a real servant. <laughs> but there's Caleb, one of the 12 spies. I'm so thankful that he had the right answer when he went out to spy the land. But he's one of the 12 spies, and uh, two of the men voted to go into the promised land. Listen to what the Lord said about them in Numbers 14, 24. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and followed me fully, 
him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. There was another man, not just Abraham, but there was Moses, there was Caleb, and then there was a man named Job. We've all heard of him, haven't we? We oftentimes we think about all the hardship that he had, all that he lost, but God said something wonderful about him too. Job 1.8 says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered, and here it is, my servant, Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And then there was another one, and there's some others too that he talks about, but I'm just going to give you a few of them here. Another one was Isaiah. And the Bible says in Isaiah 20, verse 3, And the Lord said, Like as my servant, Isaiah. And so these were great men. We can all say different reasons why they were so great. But what I'm talking about here, something common amongst them all was this, where God called him my servant. Now we could look at Abraham and we could say, well, you know what, Abraham, he had great faith and that he did. We can look at, at Moses and say, well, Moses was a very meek man. And yes, he was a very meek man. We can say about Caleb that he was optimistic and oh how he was when he spied out the land and said, hey, we can do it. We can go in there. He was very optimistic and surely he was. And we could say Job, well, well, that was a man that had great patience. Oh, when I think about what Job went through and yet what happens, he still, he didn't sin against God and he had great patience, waited upon the Lord. God blessed him in a mighty way, didn't he? And uh, I mean, it looked pretty bleak there for a while, but God blessed him, gave him double of everything. Let's think of the Job, Job, the man of great patience. And Isaiah, the man of fire. And uh, I, I think about his, the fire that he had and, and uh, the drive that he had. And so we look at these men, we can say, well, Abraham's faith, Moses' meekness, Caleb's optimism, Job's patience, and Isaiah's fire. Well, these old men, they, they're all a little bit different than each other, yet God then tells us that even with all these traits that they had, different traits, he called them all my servant. You know, we have different traits too, don't we? We're not all the same. We're kind of alike, but we're not all the same. We have different traits. Maybe we could say, you know, I'm more like Abraham. I have, I have faith more than someone else. And then someone else said, well, you know, I'm kind of like Job. I, I, I have that patience or maybe the fire of Isaiah or Caleb, the optimism. You know, we could all look and say, well, I'm kind of like them. But here's the thing what draws it all together. It said about all these men that they were my servant, my servant. I like being called pastor or preacher. Now, at times the kids would come up and say, hey, preacher, you know what? That blesses my heart. I like them call. I'm glad they don't go, hey, you, or something else, you know. And, and I've been called a lot of different names, but uh, I, I, really, I really do like, I like people call me pastor or, uh, you know, or a preacher. I don't like to be called reverend because I am not. The only time I find the word reverend used in the Bible, it's talked about the Lord. He is reverend. Now, I don't care. You can wear your collar backwards if you want to. You're not reverend. It's pastor or preacher. And I like that. I like being called that. I like if I'm somewhere, I hear someone go, hey, pastor. And I'm telling you, right away, I turn around and I look. I like that name. But there's something I'd rather be called. And you can't call me this. But somebody, I want to call me this. I want to be called my servant. Not by you, 
although I don't mind serving you. But I want God to say this about me, my servant. What an honor it is to be a servant of the Lord, to be able to serve him. I want to be called that, but I'm more than just being called that, I want it to be true. It really doesn't matter what other people may call you. But what matters is what would God say about you? If I, this morning, if we could talk with God from heaven and say, God, what would the word be that you would put with our name? Lord, like you did with Moses, you said, my servant. Lord, what would be the name that you'd put with us? And I wonder what he would say. Because he knows us as we really are. I don't care about being called a great man. I don't think I am, and I, wouldn't be, I don't even desire to be called a great man. I don't care to be called well-known. I'm not well-known, and I don't care to be well-known. Nobody knows about me. That's all right. I just want someone to say, hey, some preacher stopped at my door. That's good enough for me. I don't care about being well-known. don't care about being called a great man, but I do care about this. I want God to say, Mark, my servant. I want God to consider me his servant. Don't you? You say, Preacher, I really don't care about that. You know what? We as God's people ought to care about that today. What a great thing said about anyone. I think about, you know, on a tombstone, you can have all kinds of things written on a tombstone. You know, I was thinking, you know, one of the greatest things could be my servant. That was a servant of the Lord that God would consider us his servant. I like what someone said. They said this, what, are, what you are is more important than what you do. A servant. I think if you're right in what you are, you'll do what you ought to do. If I'm the man that I ought to be, if you're the man or the lady you ought to be, you will do what you ought to do. And God then could say, my servant. I think, you know, his life moves pretty fast. Amen. Now, young people don't get it yet. I'm sure, uh, say, you're in college now, it's moving a little bit faster, but not very fast. But you two guys, it's still moving pretty slow. A week is like eight days to them, especially in school, right? But that time doesn't go very fast. But hey, how about the rest of us that kind of got the, you know, the, the uh, uh, what was it Gary called it the other day? Gary, the, the top of the head, the Q-tip heads. Is that right? Q-tips? That's us with the whiter hair, amen? <laughs> you say, I don't like that. Gary said it first. But you know us that have got the grain going on, or maybe it's already done turn loose and you don't have the gray, but here's the thing. We that are older, time goes by faster. I'm like, their week is eight days, ours is three. It's like, good night, it's Sunday again. Time goes by so fast. But here, I begin to think, I always, I, oftentimes I think about how fast the days go by. It moves so fast, but here what makes me realize why they move so fast is because there's not as many left. You say, well, preacher, that's a sad thing. In a sense, but here's the thing. It makes me realize if I'm going to do anything for God, I better do it now. 
with the time that I have left. I don't want to stop. I want to keep going. I think of people that I've known through the years who got up in age and they just kept serving God. Stayed faithful. Didn't drop off. I mean, health finally got them, but the thing is, they just stayed serving the Lord. And I look at these men here in the Bible, these men about Abraham and Moses and Caleb and Job and, and Isaiah, and, 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 and God knew something about these men. And what did God see about these men? They were men that wholly served the Lord. In other words, it was nothing God would tell them to do that they were not willing to do. Sometimes we act like, you know, well, that's below me. There's nothing below us. I want to be willing to do whatever God wants us to do. You know, I'm glad Jesus didn't have that idea when God, God the Father said, you must go to the cross. I'm glad Jesus didn't say, why, well, I am part of the deity. I am, I am, I am God, I'll be God in the flesh, but why should I die? Why not let, how about Peter? Why, well, that guy, he was a little goofy sometimes, wasn't he? Well, he was jumpy sometimes about things, and, and he cursed and swore. Hey, why not Peter? Let, let Peter. No, no, God said, I want you to die. Jesus was willing to die for our sins. He was willing to serve. Remember, he washed the disciples' feet. He said, man, don't wash my feet. He says, oh, I must. He was willing to serve. One of the greatest things, let me tell you, that one of the greatest things that we all can do is be a servant of the Lord. For the Lord to be able to say, your name, and after that, my servant. Those are men that wholly followed God. I believe this morning that there's nothing that couldn't be fixed in America today if it would be just for some people that would wholly follow the Lord. I believe our homes could be more they ought to be. I really believe this too. I believe our government could be more what it ought to be. If men and women were not so concerned about the money they get and, and, and be more concerned about being servants, they talk about, well, we're servants of the people. Get out of town. You know what you're talking about. But the fact of the matter is, I'm not so concerned about being servants of the people. I'm concerned about being servants of the Lord. Because when you're servants of the Lord, you'll serve the people properly. When we're servants of the Lord, we'll teach our classes properly. When we're servants of the Lord, we'll, we'll teach and train our children properly when we're servants of the Lord. I look at our country today and I think, oh, what, what could happen if we would... Christians would say, I'll be a servant of the Lord. Our country's going down fast today, isn't it? I mean, not a week goes by that we don't see more of it right in our face. We're so concerned about what we can get. I may mention this morning, and you probably all saw it, or some of you saw it on the news, read it, watched it, I don't know. I read the story about a college in New York City. It's for uppity-up people. I'd say more stupid people, but it's supposed to be for uppity up people. And now they're, the kids are they're, they're, they're protesting and having to sit in, and, and, and they're, they're, they're demanding some things. They're demanding that everybody gets an A. Well, wouldn't that have been nice? When we were in school, just got an A. Man didn't study for geography. He just went in there, and they gave you an A. Don't get any ideas, boys. And give him an A. Hey, wouldn't you like to have a doctor? He go to go to medical school, and hey, don't worry, doc, don't have to show up. You're going to get an A. And then he goes to 
operate on your gizzard someday? You know what they're, you know what they're worried about? What they can get. And how about these that taken the loans out for their education and now they want us to pay for it? They're worried about what they can get. And that's pretty much our world today, what we can get. Christmas time, kids aren't even thinking and parents aren't even teaching them and about the Lord Jesus Christ. They're more concerned about what they're going to get. And people are all obsessed by what they're going to get. It'll never be a servant because a servant gives. A servant gives. Our nation is in a mess. Our president invites non-binary people and honors them. I just, I just can't believe it. I'm getting a little bit, I'm getting a little bit bolder in my old age. When I see something, I don't just look and go. Now I go, look at that. <laughs> Stopped at Wendy's the other day, drive through. About lost my appetite. I saw an it. I don't know what it was. It had eye makeup on, but I'm telling you, I swore it was a boy with eye makeup on. I'm telling you, there's something wrong with a boy that wants to wear eye makeup. Amen. I mean, I'm glad that our boys up here, they may get upset about having to wear a tie, but I'd rather be upset about having to wear a tie than coming in here with eye makeup on. In fact, I think if you guys came with eye makeup on, we'd put you on the floor, and I'd have some of the other men come up here and rub it out of your face. Amen. That's the world we're living in today. Cambridge Dictionary changed the definition of woman and man. Listen to this. I'm going to read you the dictionary about a woman. Here's what it says a woman is. An adult who lives and identifies as a female, though they, which is a woke word, may have been said to have a different sex at birth. Hey, man, let me tell you something. I ain't the smartest man in the world, but what you were born as is what you is. <laughs> Amen. It's all praise for years. Don't understand. No, you don't understand. God created males and females, and this is what they're saying now. And, and now you can't say he or she. You have to say they because it's all inclusive. It's woke. And I'm like, why are we this way? Well, I think one of the reasons we're this way is because so many of God's people have not been wholly given to the Lord. We've sat by too busy making money than trying to reach people for Christ. Too busy making our lives easier than trying to serve a God in heaven. Serving ourselves instead. It's disgusting where we are. It's disgusting. It's hard to find folks that are holy, given unto the Lord. I asked the question this morning, where are those servants like Moses? Where are those servants like Abraham? When I think of Abraham, and that's the man that I will focus on this morning. When I think of Abraham, I think about who he was. And here's the thing. You know, I said... We're, we're so busy on getting for ourselves and, 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 and things. You know, Abraham was a wealthy man. He was. He was a wealthy man. You say, well, you know, that, 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 that I, I'm concerned about my wealth. Nothing wrong with being concerned about your wealth. I don't think it's wrong to invest. 
I don't think it's wrong to work hard and get money and save money. Nothing wrong with that at all. What's wrong is wealthy people not being servants. Just as much as it's wrong for poor people not to be servants. Abraham was a wealthy man. He had so much. He was very influential. And then what happened? God comes to him and says, Abraham. And you know what was good? Abraham listened to God. He said, Abraham, I want you to do something. He said, Abraham, I want you to leave your family and your home and your nation and your people. Wait a minute. This is a guy that could buy about anything. This is a man that was very influential. And God said, I want you to leave everything and follow me. He told him. And Abraham was willing to go and do what God wanted him to. But when I think about Abraham, you know, Abraham was made like you and I. Now God said, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your home. I want you to leave everything. I want you to go somewhere. What would be the first thing out of your mouth after that? I, I'll be honest with you. I may, I'm not the Christian I want to be. I probably would not have said, okay. You know what I probably said? Where? Did that thought cross your mind? No. Where? If God wants me to move somewhere, like where? Abraham, he, he's thinking, okay, you want me to go somewhere? I, I'm thinking, in his mind, he's thinking, where do you want me to go? And God said, I'm not going to tell you. I just need you to go. And that's strange. God tells him, I want you to go somewhere, but I'm not going to tell you where it's at. I'm thinking again, well, if you're not telling me, how am I going to know? God said, I'm going to lead you. Now, remember what we're talking about, a servant. Abraham was a servant of the Lord. He was willing, no matter what he had, how much he had, he was willing to wholly follow the Lord. I thought about this, too. Abraham had to go home and tell his wife, didn't he? He had a wife. Her name was Sarah. Imagine he goes in and says, honey, God spoke to me today. I'm sure she said, that's wonderful, dear. What did he say? Well, honey, he said he wants me to leave where we're at, leave our home, our family, and to follow him. And she says to him, where? I don't know. Where are we going to live? I don't know. Are we going to have a house big enough for us? I don't know. How much money are you going to make? I don't know. Don't you feel sorry for Sarah all of a sudden? I mean... Don't you think these were things that went through her mind? You know, we read the story and I say, well, I'm, I'm sure, maybe you have the idea of thinking that, well, she was like, oh, yes, we'll just move. We'll just go wherever you want to. But I think I know women enough to know this. Where are we going? What are we going to do? How are we going to pay our bills? How are we going to take care of things? What are we going to do? So Abraham, he doesn't know. 
He tries to talk with his wife, and he can't even tell her what's going on. And then Abraham goes to some of his business associates and says, Hey, fellas, I'm leaving town. Oh, really? Surprise, what happened? Well, God spoke to me, and he wants me to leave. Oh, well, okay, I know you really believe in God, but where are you going to go? I don't know. What are you going to do? I don't know. Where are you going to live? I don't know. How many times he's gone through this? You, you understand what I'm saying? What a difficult thing it must have been for him. But he went. But he served God. He wholly followed the Lord. Why is it so difficult for us then when God says, speak to them? Talk to them. Give them a track. Hey, go to church. Hey, tithe. Hey, read your Bible. We have such a problem with that. And God's telling Abraham, I want you to leave everything and follow me. And Abraham was willing to do that. Abraham could sing that song all to Jesus. I surrender all to him. I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. He could sing, I surrender all. You know why? Because he did. That's why God said, my servant. Abraham left everything to follow the Lord. And God said, you're my servant. And we know he did that. Wow. And what a great man, Abraham. And no wonder we could say, he could say this, Abraham, my servant. But wait a minute. That wasn't it. That was tough enough. One day God said, Abraham, I want you to take your son Isaac and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. It's one thing to move somewhere. It's another thing to offer your child as a sacrifice. Abraham knew what that meant. It says, Abraham, there's no way in Abraham's mind thinking, well, this is going to be a nice outing with my son. No, God said, I want you to go and offer your son as a sacrifice. You remember how they had prayed for a son, him and Sarah? They prayed God would give them a son, and finally what happened, God gave them a son in their old age. And now God tells them to take his son and go on a three days journey to Mount Moriah. And offer him as a sacrifice. Imagine again. Sarah says, honey, what are you doing? He says, honey, I can't really talk to you about it right now. But I've got to do what God wants me to do. He takes that son that she so long prayed for too. Him and his servants, they go on that three days journey. Even Isaac didn't know what was happening. But Abraham did, didn't he? Daddy, we've got everything that's needed for sacrifice, but where's the sacrifice? His daddy said, God will provide himself a sacrifice. You see, Abraham was called my servant. He was willing to take his own son. He and his wife prayed for it. And God gave them in their old age. And offer him as a sacrifice. 
And we look at the story and think, how in the world could God have, how in the world could Abraham have done that? How could he take that son he prayed for so much and take him up there and put him on that altar and raise his hand up with that, 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 that knife in his hand, ready to plunge it into the chest of his son? How could he end up doing something like that? And of course, we know the story that God said, wait a minute. There's a ram in a thicket. Let your son loose and take that ram and offer that ram. But Abraham didn't know there was a ram in the thicket. Abraham was ready to plunge the knife into his son because he wholly followed the Lord. You see, Abraham gave everything to God with no strings attached. Amen. He said, God, I'll serve you as long as you, you'll you serve God continually. I just wonder how many Christians today could be called by God, my servant. You see, my servant is not a name tag that you can put on your jacket. It's not a plaque that you put on your door. It's what you are. If you are one, a servant. And it's what God calls us, a servant. His servant gives everything to him. I think what I've told you already and probably the stories I've told you is not something new. But everything we've said already, we know this, that Abraham was willing to give it all. I'm afraid we're living in such a spoiled time. And God's people just can't get enough gumption to do hardly anything anymore. Probably the majority of Christians today could never be said by God, my servant. God's looking for people that would wholly give themselves to the Lord. You preacher, but I got so much money. Who cares? Wholly give yourself to the Lord. Preacher, I have all these things. Thank the Lord. Give yourself wholly to the Lord. But preacher, you don't understand. I've got a family. All the more. Wholly give yourself. To the Lord. We want God to serve us. We want everybody else to serve us. And God is looking for some people to be a servant. Our cars, our homes, our jobs, our money is, sad to say, more important than God today. How many times I find Christians who say, I don't have time for the Lord. If you don't have time for the Lord, you're too busy. But I've got to pay my bills. Abraham could have said that. But God, I've got to pay my bills. How am I going to make it? God said, you just follow me. God took good care of them. And God, I prayed for this son for so long. And God, you gave it. How in the world could you ask me to give him as a sacrifice? How could you ask that? God said, I ask you to do it. Would you please do it, please? He takes his son because he's wholly given to the Lord. Nothing happened other than blessings because he wholly followed the Lord. You know what? A lot of problems will be not come in your life if you wholly serve the Lord. I think you know how important it is to let the Lord. I, I mean, I, I remember back in 1977 on July 5th, 
we, uh, everything we had, we packed up in a U-Haul tra- truck. We just had one child at that time, and Lisa was just a little baby, what, one, one years old. And she sat in the seat in the middle. That was before you had to have car seats. Oh, were those the glory days. Huh? But we, we, she sat, they had her in, the, in between us there. And I remember my parents said, well, where are you going? I said, we're going to Pennsylvania. I remember my dad saying, where are you going to live? You know what I had to say? I don't know. I said this, Pennsylvania, because that's where I was going. He said, well, how, how much money are you going to make? I said, Dad, I don't know. But I knew this, God called us. Now, I'll be honest with you, we had this, though. We had a preacher and some people at a church that said, you come, we'll take care of you. Abraham didn't have that. And I remember when we packed everything up and we were leaving the house and we're saying goodbye to my family, said goodbye to her family. And we're pulling out there from Madison Avenue. And doesn't that sound really fancy? It wasn't New York, all right? But we were, we were Madison Avenue, we lived on 7950 Madison Avenue. We're pulling away from that house. Tears flowing down our eyes. We're going somewhere where we know where we're going. But there was a lot of things we didn't know. Can I say this? It was kind of scary. My wife said, where are we going to live? I said, I don't know, but God will take care of it. We were one day without a place to live. God took care. And he always met the need. And God will always meet the need when you're following him and serving him. I can't imagine what it was for Abraham. I can't imagine how it was for Sarah. They didn't have a preacher and some church folks say, we'll help take care of you. Oh, but wait a minute. They had a God in heaven. I said, I'll take care of you. I think that's one of the things that made it easy on us, a little bit easier too. We knew if those folks in Pennsylvania, which we had no idea what kind of people Pennsylvanians are. But if those people in Pennsylvania don't take care of us, I believe this, I believe God would take care of us. I've seen over these years, be 40 years here, 46 years in the ministry, we've seen God take care. Do you know why? We said, God, it's not all about those things. It's about you. God, we want to serve you. One of the things that we all, all say today, God, and we've got so much. God makes it so much easier on us. God, I say, God, I really desire this, that I'd be called your servant. Wouldn't it be something if we just meant business with the Lord today? When we come to a place this morning, we'd say, Lord, I'll follow you. I'll put you first place in my life. Lord, I thank you for everything else. I thank you for all the business opportunities. I thank you for the money. I thank you for the things that I have. But Lord, I I, I am thankful for all those things, but I want you to be first in my life. I remember when the Apostle Paul, and he wasn't the Apostle before he got saved. His name was Saul. And he was one day, he'd been putting people in prison and doing all kinds of everything he could against Christianity. But on the road to Damascus, he got saved. 
And boy, did he get saved. And God spoke to him, but Saul said something to the Lord right after he got saved. The first things out of his mouth was this. What wilt thou have me to do? We look at the Apostle Paul then. His name was changed to Paul. We know of him as the Apostle Paul. We think, man, one of the greatest, if not the greatest Christian in the Bible. What a great man and how God used him in a mighty way. How was it he became such a great man? Here it was. Here it was. He wholly followed the Lord. You see, but he went to prison sometimes. But God was with him even in the prison. God took care of him. Why, he was martyred and God took him to heaven. I think we could say about Paul. My servant. My servant. I think Paul could have said, sang the song, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The greatest need in America is not a new Congress, although it wouldn't hurt. The greatest need is not a new Congress. The greatest need is a bunch of Christians who will wholly follow the Lord. Not just on Sunday, not just Christmas, but a holy follow the Lord and say, Lord, my life is yours. Now, God doesn't always tell people to go somewhere, and I'm not telling you. We need to follow the Lord wherever he sends us, whatever he has us do. And it might be to stay right here and serve him. Holy follow the Lord. Abraham didn't throw that title around. God gave him that title. Abraham, my servant. And we all the others we talked about, God was the one that gave them that title. Abraham didn't throw that title around. You know what he did? He lived it. We don't need little badge servant. We need to live it. Amen. Now here's the thing. I don't want us all to go around and say, I'm a servant. I don't care what everybody else thinks about it. I just hope that God says, when he mentions my name, my servant. I hope he can say it about all of us today. Sometimes we don't do it like we should. Sometimes we're more interested in ourselves and what's in it for me. But when we look at Abraham and what happened there, God blessed him. And God said, he's my servant. And that's something you and I can be today too. But you've got to be saved first. You've got to be saved first. I wonder, maybe you're here this morning, you're not sure of salvation. Oh, this is a great time to get saved. Say, preacher, why do you have an invitation? Because I want to make sure everybody knows they're going to heaven. In a moment, we're going to have an invitation. But you ever stop and think about this? An invitation is not separate from the message. It's a part of it. That's why right now, if you started getting up, putting your coats on right now, I'd probably say, hey, sit down and stop. We're, we're still preaching. Invitation is part of the preaching. You say, what do you mean? 
It's a part for us to respond to what God has just spoken to us about. And if you're here this morning, you're not saved, it's time now to respond and trust Christ as your Savior. This morning, we're about to have an invitation. It's time for us to say, God, I decided I'm going to follow you. Where you lead, I'll go. What you tell me to do, I'll do. Be so sensitive to the Spirit of God. Holy. Follow him to where he could say your name and then these words, my servant. I can't think of anything better to say about a person. I want to be it, not just in name. I don't want to just be called that. But I want someday to know that God felt that way about me and about you, my servant. What a great opportunity to serve our Lord. You know, I watch people, sometimes military folks, they'll say it was an honor serving our country. And I believe them. And it's an honor to serve our God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this time this morning. Again, I pray you speak to our hearts. Lord, we need to be a people that would wholly follow you. We need to be a people that you could look down and say, my servants. Lord, I, I know so often times we look to you as being one to serve us. But Father, may we be people that would serve you with no strings attached like Abraham. Lord, we look and we think about what an awful thing to be asked of Abraham, but God, you just was putting him to the test. And he was willing to do anything you say. Lord, help us be willing to obey you. Even in those areas that we may consider small things, may we be willing to serve you wholeheartedly. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed this morning. Maybe you're here, you're not sure you're saved. You need to be saved today. I wonder if there would be anyone this morning who said, Preacher, if I died right now, I don't know I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Pray for me. Preacher, I'm not sure of it, but I'd like to know it. Preacher, pray for me. God's speaking to me about that this morning. Would you slip your hand up, anyone? Just slip it up. Christian, this morning. What would the Lord say about you? Name your name and say, my servant. You say, preacher, it's not really that way, but it could be. It could be. You could be his servant. And I say again, one of the greatest, if not the greatest thing to be said for God to call you. I think about the word friend. That's another word that is so precious. But I believe a friend is somebody that will serve. Why not today? Let's all decide. You know what? I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to wholly follow him. I'll put him first in my life. Would you do that today? May God spoke to your heart. The altar will be open. Again, it's part of the service. It's us responding to what God has just spoken to us about. Father, bless this invitation now. I pray may we respond the proper way, the way you want us to. I know, Lord, we can just go through the motion and not respond. In fact, is, Lord, we'll all respond one way or the other, either, either the way we should or the way we shouldn't. We'll put it off, we'll decide to follow Jesus. Speak to our hearts now in this invitation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.